Welcome to Keep You 100 Radio. I'm your host, Felicity Pointer, type 1 diabetic, certified health coach, personal trainer, and founder of Needles and Spoons Health and Wellness. Inside this podcast, you'll find the real and raw conversations around diabetes management, including the lessons that we don't learn in our endos office, my best tips and trainings, and conversations from the experts that I trust inside the community so that you can create more predictability in your diabetes management and feel empowered while doing so. Let's dive in. Hey, hey, welcome to the Keeping It 100 radio segment, Empowered Voices. I'm Valeria Garcia, certified health coach, type 1 diabetic, women's wellness coach and mentor inside Needles and Spoons, and alumni of our signature program, Keeping It 100. Inside this segment, I hold space and interview individuals, leaders, and supporters from the T1D community to share their story, journey, experiences, and wisdom to empower, inspire, and share their light. To find these conversations live, join us inside the T1D Judgment-Free Zone Facebook group. All right, we are live. Here we go. Okay, so this is another episode of Empowered Voices, and I'm super, super excited to have a special guest today. This is Bree. If you have been in the Needles and Spoons community, you might know her already. If not, I'm going to have her introduce herself, how she supports our clients inside of Needles and Spoons, and we're going to talk all about cycling and type 1 diabetes. Yes, can't wait. I'm so happy to be here. I was like, I told Val, I'm so nervous, but so excited too. So it's so funny because like, actually I've had like two or three clients ask me about cycling, which has been really cool. So this is like perfect time to talk about it. And it's something I'm super passionate about. So yeah, my name's Bree or Brianna. You can call me either. I don't care. Um, And yeah, so I actually have been a type one diabetic for 16 years now, which is like Literally today, I was reflecting on that, and I'm like, that's over like half of my life that I've been alive because I'm only 25. So that's crazy. So, um, yeah, most of my life as a diabetic, which is great. Um, but yeah, so I live in Milwaukee. Um, I've always lived in Milwaukee, Wisconsin for like my whole life. Um, I grew up in Wisconsin, love to travel. Um, but yeah, so inside of the Needles and Spoons team, I was recently hired as the accountability coach. Um, which a lot of people are like, what the heck is that? Um, So (laughs) I was actually a past client um, in the Keeping It 100 program, probably like, I think it was like two or three years ago, which is like forever ago, it feels like. Um, So a lot has changed since then. And we've really expanded our team. Um, And then I was in the private coaching with Lissy last year. So that was like super empowering. Um, And I actually told her to like, hey, secretly, like I want to become you someday. And I would love to be able to do that. Um, and basically on her first private coaching call, she was like, yeah, we can like, would you want to be hired onto our team? And I was like, oh my gosh, no way. Like, this is so cool. So, um, I've, you know, been a part of the team and a part of this needles and spoons team for so long. And I just feel like it's like family and home. Um, so it's just been really cool to be diabetic for so long and like finally feel so supported the last like three or four years of my life. Um, So yeah, that's that. That's really cool. I love it. Um, But obviously it hasn't stopped me from like doing anything that I love. Um, I would say that I'm super active. I know, Val, I know, you know, I love to be outside just as much as you do. Um, I literally, I just love the sun. Um, So I've started a garden last year. um, And then this year I have like tomatoes growing, which is so fun. And like, I know it seems so weird and like little, but I have little tomatoes growing. So it's great. I love having a garden. Yeah. I actually have tomatoes growing. I have a ton of lettuce. So we just go in our yard and pick fresh vegetables and I love it. So that's awesome. Oh my gosh. I love it. I know tomatoes are thriving right now. I, we have a garden (laughs) at the school I work for and we have so many tomatoes. I'm a little tomatoed out because I've been eating 
a lot of tomatoes. I know. I'm like, <laughs> what do you do with them? But I, I told John, my husband, I was like, we're going to make pico de gallo. We're going to make all these tomato fun foods and stuff. So yeah, I might have to just like give away my tomatoes to my neighbors, which is fine. <laughs> oh, that's cute. Yeah, no, that's nice. That's awesome. Yeah. Aww. So yeah. yeah. I love this. This is great. Yeah. So Brie, yeah, we are, I would say we're really good friends now and it's so awesome mm-hmm. that we get to work together yeah. and it's been fun because I actually got to support Brie when she was in our private coaching. So we met there and I already knew we were going to invite her on the team. And I think she knew too. So it was just like such an exciting, yeah, an exciting time. And yeah, the family keeps growing, which is great. And I love it. Um, okay, Brie. So I might've missed it, but what age were you when you were diagnosed? I was nine. Okay. Yeah. okay. So 16 years ago, which is crazy, but yeah. Wow. Yeah. Tell us about like what that was like. I think, is that fourth grade? Is that fourth yeah, grade? I was in fourth grade. So like, it's really hard because I know you were older when you got it. So I know like our perspectives are probably so different and just like our experiences. But I know for me, like I vividly and my mom and I were chatting today about it too. And she gets so emotional, but like, she was literally like my biggest supporter. Um, and I get emotional too. Cause like, I remember that there was a day I just was so tired and my mom's like, okay, like she's tired. She's going to the bathroom constantly. I was drinking so many fluids. Um, I was super skinny, like really scary. Like people are like, is she eating well? And I'm like, yeah, I literally eat like three breakfasts. You know, I was eating so much (laughs) like, okay, I know she's growing. Like, you know, your, your mom's like, is she growing? What's going on? And my mom just noticed that I was really tired. I was wetting the bed. Actually, I would wake up in the, the, you know, I was having like wet bed constantly. Um, so there were things that my mom just was like, okay, I need to just take her in to go see her doctor. So they did some blood work. Um, and then I was sent home. And then I remember that, um, they called me, the doctor called like within a few minutes and was like, you need to get her back here right now. Um, so they took my blood sugar and it was in the 700s. So, um, yeah, so that was scary. Like, I didn't know, I didn't know what that meant. And I, I was freaking out a little bit. Um, cause he was like, we need to basically take you to the emergency room. Like right now, I would not wait much longer. Um, and I had two younger brothers too, just at home while my dad was working. So it was like, well, how are we going to do this? Um, but I remember my mom vividly giving me like the biggest hug ever. And I was crying in her arms. Um, and I was just like, do I have cancer mom? Like, I didn't understand like what it meant, you know, like when you're so little and you're just like, what is this? So yeah, that was like really scary. Um, but I would say that my mom and I handled it really well. Like she stayed with me at the hospital for like the two days that we were there. Um, and I was there for a really short time because I'm very independent. She's very independent and like, let's get out of here. Like, let's get this figured out. Um, so that's exactly what we did, but you know, I'll never forget like the 2 AM shots, um, them coming in the nurses and I was crying, hated like getting the calluses all over my hands constantly. Um, so yeah, when I was little, I had such a different perspective than I do now. Um, and I really think too, like the technology has come such a long ways that it's like, now I just feel so grateful for community, for the endos that we have now for technology and for support and stuff. Um, but when I was little, it was kind of like, figure it out. You and and me and my mom just had to like, figure it out. (laughs) So we did, but it it took a lot. (laughs) Yeah, I know. And it's so, I always like love to hear everyone's stories because it's so unique with like the support you had at that time, where you were, what that experience was like. And especially at such a young age, 
I mean, yeah, I remember even, I was 23, but even hearing like these numbers, you have like no connection to them because you've never heard them in your life. So yeah. if someone was like, oh, your blood sugar is at 900, you're like, is that good? Is that bad? Is that you're a range? Like, I don't know what that yeah, means. Yeah, you're like, what's normal, right? You're like, I don't know what that means. Yeah. 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 It's like, we're so disconnected to numbers and then it's like, <laughs> now we know so much. So just, it's interesting. Yeah. Um, when would you say like that shift in your management happened where it was either like more of your responsibility or like your perspective just shifted in like your independence with your management? Yeah. I mean, I would say that a lot of it probably started in like high school. Um, you know, I, I didn't rely on my mom a lot, but it's just like, she was one of those mama bears that was like, I got to do all this for her. And I was kind of like, you know, I'm in, I'm in going into high school. I got to figure these kind of things out. Um, and for me, like I said, I was independent, but I was also involved in the track and field team. Um, so being in that in tennis too, it was like, okay, like my mom's not always going to be here, right. Or, or someone that I might need to be here. So I kind of have to do it figure it out, get used to it. Um, but I adjusted pretty quickly to just like figuring it out. Um, I had a lot of endos too, that were awesome when I was younger that just like really said, just becoming independent is going to be really big for you. Um, but then you have the endos too, like in high school that I was just like, okay, I'm like starting to develop more. I'm noticing things with hormones. I'm noticing this and that and no answers. So again, it was like, okay, well now I really have to be independent. It just felt like I was alone in, in it, uh, unfortunately. And that's not how I feel now, but, but then in college too, I actually started the insulin pump, which was kind of late for me, I felt like, but again, I didn't want something attached to me. I didn't want anything to do with it. Right. You're like, I'm this cute girl that doesn't want something attached to my body all the time and have to worry about it. Um, but again, it was like, okay, like, is this something I want to do? And I, I chose that. Um, and again, I think college was just really eye-opening because um, I had a lot of ups and downs and no one can prepare you for that. No one prepares you for college and what that's going to be like, even if you've had diabetes for a long time. Um, so unfortunately, I think college was like really hard for me um, with my diabetes. I guessed everything. I didn't know what I was doing. I had so many ups and downs and it just felt I didn't feel good. Um, so then after college is when I actually heard about needles and spoons through literally a random podcast that I was listening to about PCOS, because I also have that. Um, and I heard Lissy's name and I was like, I have to do this. Like, I just felt so called to like that change. Um, and literally like joining her program, I have to say like, what, three or four years ago was like literally life-changing. Um, I'd never felt so supported because your endos are great. They only can do so much though. Um, and I just felt like the community was like exactly what I needed. Yeah. Yeah. I know. I feel like that's so many different like transitions that you went through, like with your diabetes alongside yeah. you, you know, it's yeah. like you're in elementary school, then middle school is just an awkward mm-hmm. time. Then high school is awkward. And then you go to college and you're like, all right, now I don't have my parents. And it's like awkward too. Yeah. Um, wow. And I think that's great that you've always felt so independent. And I think that is like such a beautiful piece of it, right. Is like feeling like you're in control you're calling the shots and you feel confident to take them. Mm-hmm. And yeah. And we know you're so empowered now. And I could just like always tell when I'm talking to you. <laughs> you're glowing. Thank you. Um, yeah. Yeah. Um, that's great. And yeah, it, I think this piece is always just important. And I love to talk about it because yeah, there are people who were diagnosed when they were really young. And then there's some that were diagnosed when they were older. And I think it's totally a, uh, 
a big shift for either age, right? Honestly, mm-hmm. any age, it's a big shift. Yeah. Um, but just like going through those different obstacles of like life, I think because I was an adult and I already like was more in tune with my body than I was in like high school or middle school or elementary school, yeah. right? I understood my body a little bit more. Um, I knew things that made me feel good or felt grounded. So all of that, like having those practices in place that made me feel good already, I just kind of shifted them to like, how can those practices I love about life right now be part of the diabetes part too? So yeah, definitely. Yeah. Um, Okay. So today we are so excited. So that was a little story, you know, background of Brie and what's brought her to now being on her own podcast episode, which is so cool. Um, (laughs) Tell us about cycling, um, how it plays a role in your life and tell us about the big cycle ride that you just did with your husband recently. Yeah. Oh my gosh. I love this part. Um, I mean, it's funny because like I never rode a bike until, I mean, you ride a bike around town, right. But like cycling and doing like races and rides and stuff like organized rides. I never did that until I met my husband, John, um, which I met him in 2019. (laughs) Like what year is it? (laughs) (laughs) yeah so I met him in 2019 and like he loved bike camping and I was like oh great this is you know but knowing myself like I will try anything I never have ever let diabetes ever stop me I'm like well I might as well try a 40 mile ride the first time I've ever ridden a like road bike so I did it and I literally fell in love like it was like oh my gosh I love this like I've always been a runner I've been on the track team I've done half marathons I've I've done all the things. Um, and it was just like my body needed a break from the running and the impact on my, my stress levels. Um, so yeah, then I started the cycling, which was like amazing. I don't know. It just was a complete shift. I'm like, I love this exercise. It's so great. And you see so many beautiful things while you're biking and, and just being with people. So yeah. So for me, I kind of got into cycling, um, in 2019, like I said, and then I started doing, um, some more organized rides through JDRF. Um, which is the Juvenile Diabetes Research Foundation. Um, For those of you that don't know about it, I know it's like super huge and famous. They have a lot of like organized rides, but they're not the only ones that do um, organized rides. Um, But yeah, I, I don't know. I just felt like all these miles that I was putting on, I almost got like a runner's high or a biker's high (laughs) when I would do it. And um, obviously nothing was perfect um, when I did it with like the blood sugars and managing that too. So that was kind of like a whole learning curve, I guess. Um, yeah. I don't even remember all the questions you asked, but <laughs> <laughs> no, 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 this is all good. So, okay. So you started writing in 2019. It's yeah. So funny. I would have guessed like you've been like cycling or riding for so long. Cause I could just tell how much you nope. love it when you talk about it. So I didn't even know this was like a more like recent activity that you do. Yeah. Um, so well, I have two questions. One, what's like the longest ride you've ever been on? And then how long was the one that you just did called, was it called Grand Rapids, right? Yeah. So it was just a Grand Rapids GDRF ride. Yeah. So I've done two, well, I've done a hundred miles before. So I did that in 2020. And then I also did another century ride or hundred mile ride in 2021 um, literally like two weeks after we got married, we chose we to do that because we're very adventurous. Um, and this year was the first like organized ride. Um, and I did like 56 miles. So there's a few reasons that I did like less miles, but my body was just like not prepared 
for a hundred, but my husband of course still did the hundred because he's amazing <laughs> at supporting me. Um, but yeah, so like with COVID, they didn't allow JDRF to have these rides um, in person the last two years. So him and I actually, it was really fun, but also like a lot of work to plan. Um, we did our own organized ride. So him and I like planned out a route around Milwaukee um, and kind of like the Madison area um, where it was 50 miles out and 50 miles back. And we had like friends and family at each of the 20 mile rest stops that we made ourselves. So it was super fun. Oh my God, I just got chills. That's so cool. Yeah, we literally had like family and friends support us. And, you know, it's definitely hard when COVID hit. I think just knowing that like you wanted to do like your first, um, big ride with like all of the other type one diabetics and people and atmosphere. Like I love that. That's what I loved about track too, was just the people. Um, yeah, so it was really hard, but we were like, why would we not do it still and just see how it goes? Um, and it definitely was not easy. And like, you know, I'll talk about that later, like how I kind of was able to conquer that with the diabetes too. And like overcome, I guess that fear of like, I can't do this hundred miles. Like, yeah, it's not easy. (laughs) And who knows what your blood sugars are going to do, but Um, yeah, so I've done a few century rides, which that's like eight hours on your butt. (laughs) Okay, good. Cause I was going to ask, I was like, how much time is that? Cause I, I run a marathon and Mm -hmm. I feel like it still took me almost about that time. time. It was really hard. It was so hard. I still like think about like, whoa, I can't believe I did that. And yeah, yeah. That's amazing. Marathons are, I cannot even imagine because I've, I've done half, but like doing a whole marathon and especially like with diabetes or without, it's just really hard, right? It's like so taxing on your body. It's like, how do you mentally and physically prepare for something like that? Yeah, I swear. I was like, my legs were cramping for like three days after, like anytime I sat down, oh my, my legs would cramp up. Also given oh. I was so young when I did it. Um, yeah. A lot of the middle schools around here, like they do, they call it students run LA marathon. It's like SRLA. So I did that. And the year that I did it, they allowed like sixth graders to do it. Now they don't, it's only seven and eighth, but I did that in sixth grade. I'm like, mom, I don't think my family realized like how intense that was, but also I was an athlete and I, you know, I played competitive soccer like my whole life. So at that time I was also playing competitive soccer, but yeah. I was 11 running a marathon, so my body was I know, like... I know, you were so young. Your family's probably I like, was so little. <laughs> yeah, I see, like, the pictures of me. I'm, like, tiny with this little, like, number, oh, and I'm really? like, oh, my gosh. That's it was so cute. Young. I mean, it was... I'm like, I didn't even know how to run. <laughs> I know, I know, right? I was... It was just crazy, and it was fun. My cousin, who was in eighth grade at that time, did it with me, and the day of the race, it's like a whole thing. You know, I'm 11 years old. They take us to LA, yeah. which is like an hour and a half from me. And then they put us in a hotel. I was with an eighth grader. I was a sixth grader. So I was already <laughs> like, this is so intense. And then, <laughs> and then the day of, I like, I'm like two miles in and I call my dad and I'm like crying. I'm like, I don't think I could do this. I'm scared. It's too much. It was just so much, you know, all the crowd, all the people, oh my, gosh, yeah. my dad who did not train, just fully meets me and runs like the whole thing with me. <laughs> it was crazy. My dad wow, just ran a marathon okay? that day. Was he okay? Uh, yeah, I think he doesn't tell me the truth of how his body really felt, but my dad's super active and he's a firefighter. So I feel like, you know, he's an active guy, but it's definitely, it's a good memory for us now. Yeah. You guys are beasts. Wow. <laughs> yeah. It was, it was an experience. So yeah, that's why I was like, hmm, I wonder how long you're on a bike. Cause you know, it's still, you know, like sitting for that long. And I'm sure when you take those stops to like get water, like your legs probably feel so jelloey and 
Oh well, gosh. Yeah. I think like mile 80 is the hardest. Cause you're like only 20 more miles. Right. But then you're like, wait, if I sit here too long, my legs literally just like cramp up. So <laughs> yeah, they're literally going to stop going. <laughs> yeah. Your body's like working so hard. <laughs> wow. Okay. So then this, this, uh, race that you recently did, which mm-hmm. was like, what is that a month ago, a few weeks ago? Oh goodness. I think it was like three weeks ago. When was yeah. it? Ninth, whenever that was June 9th or 10th. Was there like a lot of people out? Cause now they, you know, this would be like the first one where there's people back in action. Yeah. Well, interesting. So like, um, how they do it is they have, or these organized rides in different States and different parts of Wisconsin. So like this one was in Grand Rapids. It was the first year that they'd ever done it there. So, I mean, I shouldn't say only 220 riders showed up, but like, that's still like a lot of people, especially when John and I just did it on our own. Um, so having like a huge group was awesome, but I know they do it in La Crosse, Wisconsin, which is like 700, 800 riders. They have death Valley. They've done Colorado, Florida. So like, it's really cool that you can do like destination rides, um, which makes it a little bit trickier for travel and stuff, but like still it's so cool. So yeah, this was the first year that they ever did it at Grand Rapids, but I mean, I'd never been to Michigan. So for me, it was like, yeah, we get to travel somewhere else. So yeah. And like, it's probably like cool to just see like the nature, like the different terrain. Oh my gosh. That's so cool. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right. Yeah. So this one was, you said it, you did 56 miles. Yeah. So I did about right. 56, which was more than I wanted to do, but at the same time, I just felt really good. I had like that, the biker tie. So <laughs> you're like, keep it going. Got the water. Keep going. <laughs> just a few more. Um, yeah. Yep. Yeah. So tell us, okay. So let's jump into like how you prepared for this journey. I'm sure there's a lot of parts to that, but just, yeah, Yeah. share what you would want to share. Definitely. Yeah. So like preparing for this, um, obviously I like to tell people it's not easy. Like I wouldn't recommend just like, (laughs) like your dad, just like go out and do it. But if you can, great. Um, but like, I, I think I prepared for like six months before the ride. Like you, like I, like my husband, Jonathan and I, we would do a lot of like weightlifting. Like we would try and like, um, get our strength up first. And then like in the winter, um, we would do a lot of like indoor cycling. Cause obviously no one in Wisconsin wants to bike outside in the snow and it doesn't get very warm even in the spring. So it kind of cuts your like outdoor riding really short. Um, so like preparing like physically for that was just like a lot of like strength training, a lot of indoor biking, um, and like doing it together. Like he, I can go to his, his office and work out with him. So it kind of like motivates each other. Um, and Trust me when I say that he was like a huge, huge support. It's like unreal. Like for someone to like, I mean, it's not easy, right? Like I could have done it by myself, but why would I do that? Like he was like, no, I'm fully going to prepare with you. Um, So like, I would say that having someone to prepare with was incredible. It just makes like the working out a lot more fun and easy when you're training. Um, Yeah. So definitely preparing like physically like that. Um, But also like, blood sugar wise, like preparing for that. And just like diabetes wise. Um, I feel like there were a lot of times, like the first few years that I just got really frustrated because I would be five miles in and we were going on an 80 mile ride training ride. Right. And I'm so frustrated because my blood sugar is already low. Um, and I mean, I've learned a lot, right? Like you just, I think like with diabetes, you're just learning constantly. Like I would never just give up. Um, but for me, it was like, okay, this is like a whole learning process for me. And, you know, it's frustrating for John because now he has to stop and we have to like regather ourselves for the next 75 miles and how, how are we going to do this? Um, but for me, it was like, 
Okay, well, the basic diabetes questions, right? How much insulin on board do I have? <laughs> what did I just eat? Did I eat something that has a little bit of sugar? Because um, for me, I always know I have to get that blood sugar up a little bit um, so that it's not the, where I'm comfortable. So it's comfortable for me that I don't, I know it's not going to shoot down or shoot way up either. Um, but it's just for me, like I, I usually don't go right after I eat, right? Because then I have a ton of insulin on board. So preparing that way. Um, and then I think like, mentally preparing to just knowing again, that I have someone there with me who's literally there to support me. Like if I have to stop five miles in, he's willing to stop five miles in. Um, and he's not going to complain about it. And I'm the one who's just stubborn about things. And I'm like hard on myself. So I think it really was like a huge learning curve for me mentally. Like, I mean, I can't even tell you how many times I've just cried so much on these rides and just been so frustrated and like, why am I biking anymore? Um, and I don't know if anyone's ever done that where they do something really intense or they work out and they're just like, why would I do that? Like, why did I just choose that? Um, but really it's like, I choose to do these things because it's something that I love and I'm doing it with someone that I love so much that like, how could I not prepare for something with him? Um, so like mentally, it's just, it's a lot, but at the same time, it's knowing that that person's there to support you the organized ride that we had to is literally there to support you and to support everybody. Um, and I'm, that I'm riding to hopefully one day find a cure because we're raising money. We're raising awareness for raising, you know, we have friends that join us on our bike rides and they ask what, what is diabetes? Like, how do you manage it? And it's just like, I actually feel more empowered by the end of those rides, knowing like people are actually curious, like why I'm riding and why I do it. So I guess like mentally preparing too is super important. Yeah. 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 And I think, yeah, there's so many layers. Right. And I love that you yeah. like touched on different yeah. spots because it's not only just like the blood sugar, but yeah, I think mindset around like approaching it and just like, yeah, preparing as much as you can and then being able to put your mind in a space where it's like, Hey, I might have to, you know, pull over to the side and that's okay. I'm still completing this. I'm still working towards my goal and I feel confident doing that. But I think it's also good to know that, yeah, it's also natural and normal to also have breakdowns or get upset and frustrated. And I think honestly on that bike ride, even if they don't have type one diabetes, I'm sure people are feeling that too, as they're going through yeah. something like that. Cause it's a whole like mind, body, soul experience when you're doing something yeah. at that, you know, like kind of intensity, right. It's like an experience. Yeah. So what did you, so like going on these rides, how would you prepare like with like snacks? Like, what did you have with you? Did you wear backpacks? Did you have a little, I don't know, something on your that's bike? A great, that's a great question. I love it. Cause I've got so many questions about this too. And I know everybody's different, but for me, this has worked so well. Like I have, I have this almost like cute little pack in the front where I can actually put my phone so I can see my blood sugars and stuff. I can ask my phone what my blood sugars are. I have my watch on. Um, I have to say having a watch has been really helpful for blood sugars um, cause sometimes you don't feel your pump. So it's great to have other stuff, but I always have like my glucagon in there in case I pass out. Yes. Knock on wood. It's never happened, but it's like, well, what if I'm riding alone, then preparing for a ride alone for a long ride or a short ride? Like I have to have my medical ID bracelet on. I have to have glucagon with me. Um, and what else? I always take like a ton of low blood sugar stuff too. And that's why I always wear like a cycling jersey, which is so cool. I don't know if you've seen them, but they literally have like pockets in the back, which is great for diabetics because you can put everything back there, right? You can stuff a glucagon in there. You can put all your 
glucose things in there, whatever you use for low blood sugar. And I know for me, like personally, I've tried a lot of different low blood sugar things um, to help myself. And I found that using like a packet has been really helpful. It almost tastes like fun fet, not fun fetty. What do you call those? Like fun dip packets. And it's not great because like, as soon as you talk or anything, it like explodes in your mouth and it's powder everywhere. Um, but I've actually found that it works better than like glucose tablets or like a, an energy chew because the energy chews make my digestion really funky. So, um, I just found that if I use like a, a quick elevating packet and I just pour it in my mouth with some water that actually gets my blood sugar up within 10 minutes. Um, so for me, it was like super quick. You open the pack, you can take it out of your, your pouch. So I would carry like five or six of those, even if I'm going on a short ride, because I like to extra prepare. So, um, I like that. yeah. Oh my uh, gosh. I was just thinking, I was like, we need to just, I need like all my clothes to look like a cycling jersey. <laughs> so I can just have stuff like ready to go. Seriously. I think, you know, like yeah. you talked about with having something attached to you, like a pump, right. Or even like having your pens or whatever, you know, whatever your therapy is. Like, yeah. I think, yeah, I, <laughs> I've been like getting like very, um, creative with how I've been putting things in like my summer attire I'm like putting holes in certain parts of my shirts and like rompers I'm like okay how can I put this here but I think it's super cool that the gear for cycling already has the pockets ready to go it's honestly awesome well as you're saying that too though I feel like one of our past clients or somebody might have actually put in um our chat like this shirt like it's like a tank top where you can work out with this tank top on, but it has like little pockets in it too, which I'm like, that's super helpful. So I think someone already invented that. <laughs> but oh, I'm like, you're like, it's out there. For exercise, if you're on a walk, right? And you need your low blood sugar stuff, you want to like carry it. So I always found that helpful too. But even like preparing for a bike ride for people who maybe don't do it as often or want to start, um, I would have like a pack on the back too on my seat um, where I would have like, a spare tire like rolled up in there, right? Because something might happen with your tire, not just your diabetes. Um, and I would have like little tools to basically get the tire off and stuff. I would have like a little pump that's like this big, um, attached to my bike too, to like blow up my tires. If I have a flat, um, you know, so it's just like things like that. Like it's, it's a lot to think about, but I always say like, leave it all in your bike stuff in the garage, like just everything's already prepared. Right. Um, so all you really have to do is like get on your bike and make sure you have more low blood sugar stuff. Um, but I feel like for like preparing for a ride, those are like the big things for me. Um, and I do take snacks too. I I tell people and I've had like other diabetes coaches to like with, um, the organized rides that come along with us that they say like eat, eat carbs, maybe every like 15 miles or every hour, like whatever feels right for you. But you know, I always say that take more breaks than you need. Like I've had John be someone that reminds me to like, Hey, what's your blood sugar at? Um, so it's nice to know that like, I'm not the only one that has to think about that. Right. Like I have someone else reminding me, or you can have a reminder on your phone or something for you to prepare. Like, am I going on a 10 mile ride where I don't maybe need to check my blood sugar as much? Or am I going on like a 50 mile ride where that's really long and I need to make sure that I'm eating enough carbs, um, and I'm getting enough sugar in me as well. So Something else I do is I always bring at least two water bottles with me, one with water so that I can chug that, but also one with like electrolytes um, that have sugar, carbs, fiber, they have all that stuff in it because I've noticed that, especially with this last ride this year that I did, it worked super well and kept me really stable. 
if I would just drink that every like few minutes or even just every 15 minutes, every hour. Um, and that keeps my blood sugar like awesome too. Cause then you're not stopping every mile just to be like, okay, I got to eat a granola bar. Like maybe you don't want a granola bar. Um, I know some people like them, but mine always melts. So <laughs> instead I just needed like the sugar and the carbs. Um, but always bring like granola bars that you like too, that have carbs. I would say like eating carbs and sugar during the rides is really important. Yeah. Yeah. What are like, what are these packets you put in your water? Is it just like a prepared like electrolyte mix or something that you put in there? So I don't know if you've heard of the brand noon, but they have like, Oh yeah. Yeah. I've seen those. Those have like a little bit of sugar and carbs and stuff in them but I actually use, um, scratch labs it's called, and I can show people what this is, but it's, it's actually like really helped me. Cause they, it's already like prepared. You just pour, it's almost like protein powder. You just dump in how much you want. And it's funny at this, um, JDRF ride, they had that at every rest stop too. So it's like, they know that it was oh, diabetic cool. too, which is, was so cool. I was like, wait, that's what I brought with for my ride. So it was like, they really think that this stuff really does help people. Um, so in my, you know, in my situations, it always worked well because it's already prepared. All you do is pour it in, shake it, and then you have it for your whole ride. Um, and it tastes really good too. So even <laughs> so you just like drink it little by little. Yeah. I just chug it. If I'm starting to go low, I'll drink more of it. Right. Or, or grab more of it if I need to. And it's great. Cause you can just put it on a little Ziploc and bring it with you. Right. So just like really preparing for what works for you. If you need to have five cliff bars or granola bars, then then bring those things with you. Yeah. Um, okay. So this is the question I was thinking about. Cause I think there's so many parts, right? Like you said, when mm-hmm. you're going into something like this, especially something that's like a big experience, especially someone who's listening, who's never gone on like a cycling or a longer ride. Yeah. Um, what would you say is like, the one thing or even like two things that really make you feel like most secure. Cause I know you go a lot with your husband. You also mm-hmm. have all these snacks, but I'm sure there was like a fear that you had to get past in that, you know? Yeah, yeah definitely. I mean, especially like if you are going alone, right. Or just, I don't know. It just seems like with the diabetes, I always felt like I'm not going to go today. Right. Like what if this happens or this? So I think for me, I go with what, um, are some routine things, right? Some things that I know work for my body. Um, and just like everybody else, like what works best for you, right? If you go for a walk, if you go for a run, like what are some things that you need with you? Um, for me, it's like almost like a security blanket just to have like a ton of low blood sugar stuff. Like, I don't know what it is, but I'm like, nope, I gotta have four packs. I can't have three, right? I'm like, just in case it happens. But I think for me, that was always like, yes, this is, that's kind of my blanket is just, if I don't pack enough, then something could really, something really bad could happen. So knowing that I do have that. Um, so just going with like my routine stuff. Um, but also, um, other things too, is just like listening to your body, I think is, you know, huge. Um, so like if you're about to go get on a ride and you're like, yeah, I'm going to go do 50 miles. And then you're like, okay, my blood sugar is now 70 and I don't really feel comfortable going that many miles. Um, just listen to your body. Like, don't, I always told myself, like, don't overdo it. Like really, like I almost had like a mental checklist that I would go through before a ride. So I don't have a physical checklist, but I think that could be helpful for people too. If it's hard to remember, like, 
okay, do I have my helmet? Do I have my glucagon? Do I have the right shorts on that are comfortable for me? Do I have the bike jersey? Do I have sunscreen on and my sunglasses and like a key to get in the house later, right? Just like all the things you have to think about with the diabetes too. So like for me, it was listening to my body, but also like having that um, like mental checklist too for myself. Yeah, I love that. I think that's great. I think always having that checklist, I think we're really good at that, guys, because we're always yeah. like, I need to right? step out the door. You know, you see those videos of someone like stepping out the door, and you're like, oh, yeah, I have to have like all this other stuff with me just in case. I think we're, we're definitely so good, at that. good at that. Yeah. Yeah. And I, yeah, I think we're really good at the prepared part. I think I would think a lot with something like this, there's just like the fears of the unknown, right? Because it's something that you've never done before whether you have diabetes or not. I think when we do something new, it can be scary, but if we can go in feeling prepared and as like secure as we can, if that means like having our cell phone with us or, you know, having a partner to ride with every time we ride or making sure that you tell someone that you're going, you know, this many miles. So, and you're going to be roughly back at this time. I think having that in place, you know, that extra support on the outside, I think can bring like a lot of like security, especially when you're trying like a new sport. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. I definitely think so too. It's funny you mentioned that. Cause I remember I had to like sit down with John and be like, Hey, we're doing this together. Like, I know you want to train on your own, but like, we have to do this together. Like I just need that support. Right. So like if you're new to biking and you're really nervous to start too, I always say like, it's so much easier if you do it with somebody, whether they're experienced or not, like just even if they run next to you, even if they, you know, um, even if you start on like an indoor bike instead of doing like an outdoor bike where, yeah, it's scary. Cause now you don't have someone to, it's scary. Right. What if I get a flat tire? Like those are things I always think about on every ride. I'm like, well, now I'm alone. <laughs> so it's like having that outside support too. And like I said, what's comfortable for you, um, is, is probably going to help you a lot to just like feel like that security blanket. Um, when you're further away from the support. Yeah. And what about like, what is like after like any recovery or anything you do like specific to diabetes to make you feel like replenished after? Uh, Yes. A lot of things. Um, I remember (laughs) there's some years like this year was actually okay. I felt like I trained really well, but I think in the last few years when we didn't train as much, um, like I was literally so sore. I mean, like, kind of like you said, where you just get cramps, your legs are just like, Oh my gosh. Um, so I think, um, for me, it was eating my favorite meal afterwards. Like I would eat carbs, a lot of carbs. I love carbs, um, after like a long ride. So whether that's like getting ice cream or pizza or whatever it is, and just like, just like celebrating, right. Um, celebrating, I know John and I would even celebrate sometimes after we did like a training ride, we were just like, we just did that thing. So we should go get ice cream, right. Or just like, we love food and love celebrating around food. So for us, that was, that was really big. Um, but also it's just like taking like a, a, a bath with like Epsom salts, um, and having like lavender and like essential oils and stuff was like, so relaxing for me, um, to do something like that. And obviously like we as diabetics are already have so much going on, like to take care of ourselves and other people too. Um, that we just, it's good to, it's a good reminder to take care of yourself, right? You just accomplished the thing. You just did the thing and it was super impactful. Um, and being able to do something that you love, like for me, a bath, eating really good food, eating pizza, eating something to celebrate. 
Um, and I think too, we've done a few parties with friends. So like having a big cookout afterwards or like that was our finish line was like big cookout and having like your favorite people around you. Yeah. I love that. And I think celebrating ourselves and you know me, I love self-care. So <laughs> I know, <laughs> yeah, I, I love it. I love it's all <laughs> definitely, yeah, it's all definitely necessary. And, you know, I love that you also mentioned that before you got to like, you know, this goal of, you know, a hundred miles, 50 miles, whatever that number is, I think it's also, you know, humbling to know, like, you know, you and most people, like you start off small, right. You go off with like, till you feel comfortable. Right. And you go at like whatever steps feel most comfortable, you know, if that's doing two miles one day and seeing how things go with your blood sugars, trying out five miles. And I think at the end of the day, there's always going to be that trial piece, right. Cause we're always going to be experimenting with like you know, what variables are going on today, because they're probably different than two days ago. Um, Mm -hmm. But I think, like you said, like having that, like passion and connection to something that you really love to get there, I think is awesome. Yeah, I think it is too. It's like, I like, I like to say too, is like, don't let diabetes ever stop you from doing anything. Like, we are the same as everybody else, right? We just we have our pancreas externally, right? It's just somewhere else. And it means that, yeah, we have more trial and error. And it doesn't mean that you have to necessarily like tell yourself, no, um, it's, it's really exciting to say yes to things. And like you said, start, start with a walk, start with, don't go out and do 50 miles if you've never done it before. Right. Unless you're that ambitious and you really want to, but like, like I said, just, just do what you're comfortable with at first. Like you said too. And it's trial and error. It really is. And just know that you're never alone too. Right. Like we're all going through this together. And there's always going to be someone out there that like is curious or wants to do what you're doing. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's my favorite part too. It's like, there's just (laughs) so much community all over and yeah, you know, I've never done, you know, as a diabetic, not as a diabetic, I've never done like cycling really like for more I don't know. I guess I have like a beach cruiser bike, but I mean, I don't go more than like 10 miles, you know, but it's so fun. And I definitely like trying new sports. So it's really awesome to like hear your experience, kind of what that looked like preparing mentally, physically, Um, because I think it is cool when you can be partnered with your diabetes and just take it with you and all the things you love. Um, You know, that's how I always felt with travel. I knew it was going to be like scary and a little bit of the unknown. But once I did it, I felt so empowered and was like so proud of myself for putting myself in these situations so that I could just grow as a person, you know? Yeah. At the end of the day, we're all just growing people. (laughs) Yeah, we are, right? We're all learning. None of us are perfect. None of us know what we're doing, right? But it's so inspiring, too, I think, just to see other people doing things that you're like, that's new. That's really cool that they're doing that. Um, I think there's something about the community that we have too, as, as type one diabetics, like that person's doing it. I would love to do that. Like, right. And go do it. <laughs> I just think that's so cool. Yeah. Um, okay. What was your, of this ride you recently did, what was like your favorite part of like that whole experience, the crowd family? Yeah. What was your literally, part? I was thinking about this today and I was like, literally just like, well, first of all, my parents and John's parents came and they're living in Colorado and mine are not super far away, but still like, that's a hike for them. So it was really cool that our parents like literally will support us. And it's just so cool that, and we're very blessed to have parents that for all sporting events, they've always shown up. They're always there, right? They're like the loudest cheerleaders. 
Um, so it's even cooler, like I said, just to have like people that you love um, that are, you're surrounded by. But really what was so inspiring and got obviously my mom and I had to cry just because we were thinking about like when, when I was diagnosed um, is all the stories that they shared at this like special fundraising dinner um, and just stories of people like twins that have diabetes or four kids in their family that are diabetics. And I'm like, wow, I'm one, one of the three kids in our family that has it. I can't imagine like the whole family having it, you know, it's just, it, it changes things. It's a 24 seven, um, chronic illness that you kind of have to, um, figure out, right. As we talked about, but I think it was just being surrounded by those stories and being surrounded by people. I love, I mean, I cried so much. It was just like, it was like happy tears, but like just how loved and supported um, people must have felt too, even if they're not a type one diabetic, but people were riding for their loved ones, like for people that had passed away from diabetes, for people that are diabetic and can't ride, um, for people that their whole family, even that type one diabetic is in the front riding and has done 26 rides with their, so I think it was literally just like being surrounded with that community, with other people. Um, I thought it was really cool too, to see like other people's sensors, things were beeping. Right. And John's like, isn't that uncomfortable? I said, no, this is so cool. Like that we all get to talk and we all understand each other throughout this ride and our, what our blood sugars are doing, right. What we need for each other. Um, and we actually had different colored jerseys on too. So it was really cool for like the community part that the type one diabetics would have different colored jerseys on. So people would come up to you and say, are you okay? Do you need anything? How's your blood sugar? Like I literally just felt like I was famous for the day. Like it was, it was so. <laughs> uh, you were. <laughs> that is so cool. I love that. You're yeah. right. It's like totally like a non-verbal language that we speak. It's like you see someone with a sensor, you hear something, you're like automatically connected. You're like dancing like, all the alerts. Yes, you're like, I, I know these sounds. Yeah. <laughs> no, yeah. I've totally been in line at a restaurant to like order tacos and I like heard like a low alarm and I kept looking around I was like I know that's not mine but like it's somewhere around yeah I was like whoa and then once I got in the restaurant I saw the lady and of course we like became friends we were talking and I was like I knew I heard the alert I wasn't going crazy I was like I'm hearing things this is bad yeah when you look around you're like wait but my blood sugar is fine right you're like that's so cool I love that when you run into someone too and they're just so open to being like hey I'm diabetic right it's so awesome yeah (laughs) So awesome. Um, Is there any other like special tips you want to share? Yeah, I feel like I have a lot. I I know I touched on some of them, but like for me, um, like I said, it was just asking those questions. Like we do a lot in our programs too. Like how much insulin on board do I have? Right. Like what did I just eat? Did I just have breakfast and I have a ton of insulin on board? Um, My other tips too, were just like doing like a temp basal um, or if you're in control IQ or something like doing like exercise mode. I know some of us talk about that, but for me, at least it was really helpful to do that like an hour before I exercised um, at least, but it depends on your situation, right? Everyone's different, but it's something to at least experiment with because if you have a ton of insulin on board and you're going to go for even just a short, quick ride, your body quickly is like, oh my gosh. So um, I definitely think that was valuable for me. Like, should I do a temp basal right now? Should I not? Um, Having like those carbs and protein, I know for me, like I could literally... I didn't really have to do a lot of insulin while I was on a long ride. Um, So just take into account that like, if you just did 10 miles, 20 miles, 30 miles, like sometimes you don't need insulin 
or as much insulin. Sometimes your body is just like, holy cow, like I need, I need the sugar and the carbs right now. Um, so I know for me that that was really helpful in having like some kind of quick powder, um, electrolytes, like things like that, that your body can quickly absorb. Um, especially if you're doing long rides and if you're nervous, like, great, that's fine. Um, just keep those blood sugars where you're comfortable. Right. So whatever that means for you. Um, but I know those things really definitely worked. Um, pecking your favorite snacks, having a schedule too. Like, um, I know that really helped me was okay. Today I'm going to bike tomorrow. I'm not going to bike. It's going to be my rest day. Riders saying on our weekends, we're going to go for a bike ride uh, in our favorite city or in our favorite trail. We're going to grab lunch somewhere. I think like a lot of us, like we love routine. Right. Um, and it's okay to like that. You don't have to stick to your schedule, but I know for me, like just being consistent with my, my bike training, but also having fun with it. Right. Like saying we're going to bike to the beach and we're going to stay at the beach this weekend. Um, so just kind of having like a, a bike routine or schedule. So I think it helps too, if you're especially doing it with someone, if you can plan it out, like with a buddy or a friend, um, it, it really helps to be on the same schedule. Also having comfy padded shorts. So I know that sounds crazy, but like, Trust me, women, like it, it hurts real bad if you don't have padded shorts on. Um, and I literally use butt cream. So just laying it all out there. Like you don't want to chafe because that's terribly uncomfortable. And I'm only saying that because I learned on millions of long rides and I literally couldn't sit on my seat anymore because I was like, this is literally burning me. Like I would burn. <laughs> so I was like, just fine. Yeah, yeah. Get the butt cream. You need the cream. <laughs> Get that butt cream. No, that's good to know though. That's like, that's like the ins and outs that people need to know. Right. Like I would yeah. want to know that if I'm going to go bike for, I don't want to have like a rash or feel like my skin is oh, gosh. feeling off. No. It, what about supplies? Do you carry supplies with you? Like extra supplies, like for your pump? Yeah, heater? not really. So like what I do is if John can fit it in his and my soul, cause I have so much stuff Right. if you have like a, a pouch on your bike, sure. You can put some extra insulin um, stuff in there, maybe not insulin because it might get a little warm, but for me, I've always just made sure that I obviously bring it like in the car with me if I'm going on a trail or something, but I always just check to make sure I have enough insulin and, um, charge on my pump and stuff, but definitely like do what you're comfortable with. Like if you need to get a pouch for your seat or have your partner carry it for you, have someone carry it for you, right? Like have them do that, put it in your little pockets on your, on your back or something. Um, and I would carry, like I said, just my glucagon my medical bracelets on or like a little card or like making sure that you tell someone, um, what's going on, like, you know, that you're going to go for a bike ride, whatever it is, just whatever makes you feel comfortable with your diabetes. Um, yeah. And I would just pack a ton of low supplies, like the powder packets are so easy. Um, and then the electrolytes too. So those are like my go-tos for like packing things for yourself. Yeah. I know last night, <laughs> I'm on a pump and it has a tube and I definitely was like getting out of the bathroom and it got caught on the drawer and oh like ripped gosh. out and I hadn't happened in a long time. And I was like, Oh, I was like, no. So I was just thinking, you know, when you're on a bike ride, I mean, if you're coming on and off, like, you know, who knows what's possible sometimes with, you know, like the gear that's, and everything and supplies. Yeah. That's actually something I've never really like experimented with or thought about. Um, but yep. I'm like, we have, you and I have the same pump. So if that ever happens, it happens on doorknobs all the time. So <laughs> I'm like, yeah, I wonder, hmm. but if anyone has ideas for that, that's great too. I would, I would be very curious 
how maybe you bring duct tape tape the tube. Yeah. (laughs) Duct tape the tube to your body. No, no. Just kidding, guys. <laughs> I would probably do something weird like that. Well, but no, I with like the little. I have like a little like waistband, almost like a waistband pouch. If you've seen those, oh yeah, yeah. I would put it in like a pocket that has like a zipper or something. But I would do like a waistband pouch. I have found that thing. I've had it for years and it's worked. So so nothing gets like snagged. <laughs> oh yeah, no, those are good. That's what I wear. Like if I wear a dress or something, I usually have one of those like runner. Yep. Uh, yeah, little belts on. Yeah. Okay, nice. What else? Um, listen to your body. That's huge because you're talking to someone that never listened to their body for years. Um, and I know that John, if he was listening right now, would be like, yeah, Brie likes to just go, right? I'm someone who just likes to go and not like think, or I, I like to be like, well, now I have low blood sugar and I'm so frustrated. Whereas John's like, well, what could you have done maybe differently or what could we have looked at before we left? Um, so really like taking that time for yourself, like to just breathe before we always talk about breathing and mindfulness, right? Do it before a bike ride too, whether that's stretching and being able to, while you're stretching, look at your pump and say, I have three units of insulin on board and I'm ready to go for a ride. What can I do to prevent a low from possibly happening? Um, and just, I realized that so many times I would not do that. I just wouldn't do it. Right. So if you don't have someone there with you, but being able to take the five minutes and check, check yourself, check your pump and just kind of where your head's at. I like that. Yeah. Like being mindful and intentional before you like jump on the bike. I think that's good even for any activity we do, right? Like, yeah. What do I want this experience to be like? Envision it, get ready, get your mindset, like ready to experience it. And I think, you know, on something like that, like biking, especially because you're outside, I think, you know, it's easy to be like in that all consuming mindset of like worrying about the diabetes, but also being able to like put that aside too, so that you can fully enjoy like the experience Mm of being on a bike outside in nature. Like that is such a beautiful experience to like fully be present in. So I think, like you said, there's going to be challenges along the way, but at the end of the day, like you're still having the experience of whatever it looks like and to enjoy Mm -hmm. that. Yeah, exactly. Just enjoy it. Right. And like, have fun with it. Cause the amount of times too, that I would just be so frustrated at diabetes and you're just like, well, no, I'm having fun and it's a beautiful day outside. Right. And you're with someone that you love and that is supporting you. So being able to just like set that aside too, and just like, enjoy it. Um, and doing that's, I think why we do activities we love, right. To kind of set aside the diabetes for a little while and just say, I'm just going to go do this for myself, for me. Um, one other like little diabetes tip though, too, is go back to diabetes. Um, I would check my pump like very frequently too. I would, which meant for me taking breaks, taking little mindful moments, I guess you could call it of either my husband, John saying something like, Hey, what's your blood sugar at? Or myself mentally checking in, like, okay, I've been riding for 35 minutes and I haven't checked my pump once. I feel funny or not even knowing where your blood sugar is at, right? So being able to take that break, take a sip of your water, sip of your drink and say, where's my blood sugar at? Um, Just being aware, right? We can't necessarily ignore it. Um, We don't want to get ourselves like in trouble. Um, Yes, have fun, but also take breaks, look around, see where you are. I mean, there's so many times I would just sit down and just take a break. If I'm low, instead of being frustrated, I would take a break, sit on a a park bench or sit somewhere beautiful outside and just say, this is really nice right now. Um, You know, so things like that, taking those breaks to 
check on your diabetes, but also check on yourself. Yeah. I like those. Yeah. I think that's important. And framing it that way seems more enjoyable too. (laughs) Yeah. Right. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Um, anything else you want to share before I have you share some words of wisdom with the community? Oh goodness. Um, (laughs) no, I just feel like there's so many people that I have to like recognize for like where I've come, especially in like my biking journey. Um, because it's not easy. Like I can't sit here and say I've done hundred miles and I know exactly what I'm doing. Right. Um, I don't, I still am clueless. Right. But I'm, like I said, I'm willing to continue to try and continue to learn. Um, and I think that's like the difference is that we have to be able to, you know, be willing to do that. Um, but just like my parents, my family, John's parents, um, John's brother, um, my brother is like, and especially John, like, I don't know how I would do it without these people. Like you cannot do this alone, right? Like you cannot necessarily like take care of yourself alone. Um, it's better to do it like with other people being there, um, being there to support you, advocating for you and you can advocate for yourself. But I literally just feel like so blessed. Like John has dealt with my, my attitude, my frustrations, my lows, my whatever it is. And I just can't even tell you how much I appreciate like the fact that he still chooses, like, even if I don't do hundred miles, he still does it. He's just like, yeah, I'm still going to do hundred because that's what I committed to because that's what I'm going to do for you. Um, and it just means so much to me that someone's willing to like sacrifice so much of their time, so much of their schedule after work, so much of their energy, um, into something that I love and something that affects me every day. Like it affects other people too. And it's just so cool and so empowering and makes me feel so loved to know that these people literally would like die for me. Um, they would literally do a hundred miles for me any day. Um, it's amazing. It just, it's unreal. Like the amount of support that I, I feel like I have. Yeah, that's beautiful. And you know how they say, like, it takes a village and sometimes having yes. like that whole village to support you. And, you know, sometimes it doesn't have to look like brothers and sisters, moms. It could be like communities like this, right? All the diabetics that are riding alongside you, just having them there and like that presence, I'm sure is such a unique experience of just like love and so much like light with so many people. And yeah. I love that there's so much love around you and it's, you know, made all this possible, which is great. Yeah. I'm so thankful. I love it. So I'll just keep <laughs> We're already like, we're going to do lacrosse next year. And I'm like, great. Can't wait. (laughs) You're like, I'll start training today. Um, That's amazing. Yeah. And so, yes, my favorite question to ask always to end off these wonderful conversations that we have is any words of wisdom. It doesn't have to be about biking. It can be about life. It can be about living with diabetes. You know, there's so many different walks of life that might find this episode. And I think it's so special when we can share a piece of you with everyone else. Yeah. I mean, I reflecting on this, I always say like, do the thing, do it. Just, I know that fear can like stop us from a lot of things, not even just like diabetes related. Right. But just like, if we just like do that thing one time and it's like not successful, like what's, what's it going to hurt if we do it again? So like, I always say like, just do it, you know, your body more than anybody else too. Right. So like, don't be afraid to try something new. Um, especially like whether it's bike riding, whether it's going to, whether it's gardening, whether it's like, you're going to try a new recipe, you're going to bake or cook or whatever it is, like 
I just hope that people can, if not now, like someday just feel like super empowered and confident that like diabetes doesn't rule you. Um, nobody can tell you what to do in your life. Like you have one life to live. Right. And like you live it the way that you want to live it. Um, and the way that other people like see you. Um, so just like be yourself, be completely yourself. Um, because nobody else can be you, right? Like accept yourself. Um, so just being able to do that and do the things that actually might scare you. And I'm saying that because I've had a lot of times where I've been terrified of what I'm doing, decisions I'm making, who's going to think this of me, right? But like, who cares? <laughs> because like in the end, you have a lot of regrets in life. Um, and I would hate for someone to feel like they regret um, so just like do the things that you love and know that there's an army of people supporting you because there might be someone that was like terrified to try something new. And then you inspire someone by sharing that you tried it and that could completely change someone that could heal someone that could help someone that could like open new doors for somebody else. Um, so just know that whatever you're trying, someone else is like so scared to do that, but you just did it. <laughs> Yes. Oh, I just got chills. I love that, Brie. That's so special. That was beautiful. And yes, so much power is in the present moment and for us to like fully enjoy. And although we have diabetes that makes us, you know, think and it's always on like the forefront, but we can still enjoy those present moments and do the things we love and feel empowered along the way. And this has been so special and fun, Brie. I'm so happy that you're able to jump on here. I know this episode We'll just be empowering, even if someone doesn't try biking, but maybe someone's wanting to try like outdoor climbing or surfing or something, you know, active that maybe they've never done before. So, so happy, grateful. If anyone has other questions, (laughs) let us know. We can connect you with Brie. She can talk (laughs) more about it with you. Um, (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I'm like, we have Brie here. <laughs> um, all right. Well, thank you so much for joining us and sharing your experiences, your life, and all these special parts of you. It was really nice. Yes. Thank you, Val. This was so fun. Like, now I'm not as nervous. I'm like, okay, I just did it. But see, I get afraid <laughs> to talk to people too, even though you're like, yes, I love doing this. Um, but yes, I really appreciated this. It was so fun. And I'm so thankful. Uh, we love you and I yeah, love you too it will have another episode soon and we'll chat because now you're feeling confident on here so Woo-hoo! we'll have you on again <laughs> great looking forward to it <laughs> <laughs> all right Brie we'll talk to you soon bye